Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Continuing the Conversation podcast uh, here with the Skillman Church of Christ. Uh, we have a great episode ahead. This is one of your co-hosts, John Mark Davis, and I'm sitting, uh, well, actually on a Zoom call with Jake Jacobson. How you doing, brother? Hey, doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me on this week. I'm sure everybody's tired of hearing my thoughts on Galatians, but they're ha- happy to have you back this week. Brother, I I seriously <laughs> doubt that. Uh, I think <laughs> We need to give you the mic more often. And uh, I thought the podcast last week was exceptional uh, with Alan and, of course, June Martin hopped in there at the very end. But what an incredible conversation. And you asked some incredible questions. I thought it was, I thought it was very well done, man. How would you feel it went? Oh, well, hey, I'm, I'm really just appreciative of Alan and June. Uh, I mean, they, they are just two people in our church that are so thoughtful. And, uh, and you know, there's just about anybody that we could have picked to be on that phone call and we would have gotten something amazing from, but I'm just really appreciative to them because uh, they, they are such thoughtful people and uh, they care deeply about the words of scripture and, and trying to wrestle with them in a modern context, in our context and say, how do these instructions uh, from 2000 years ago, what, what do they say to us? What do they mean to us? Uh, and how do they teach us to live? And so I'm, I'm just grateful because I thought, uh, like you said, I'm, um, I was really happy to just get to visit with them about Galatians chapter three and, uh, and hear their thoughts because, uh, uh, like I said, they're, they're really intelligent, smart people who, um, yes. who help everybody else at Skillman to read scripture well. So oh my uh, I was yes. very, very grateful. I second those thoughts and I'm excited about Galatians chapter four today. And this is going to be a unique call as well, because you're actually in the car on your way home, uh, today. <laughs> And uh, so uh, we'll be, uh, so if, if we hear any horns honking or uh, you getting cut off, it'll be interesting to see how you respond if someone cuts you off uh, as, as a minister of, of God's word, you know, uh, you'll give us a good example. So anyway, if you hear, if you hear noise in the background, it's because Jake is on the road, but, but uh, please be safe, man, when you're driving. Oh, you bet. And, yeah, and because absolutely. of that. Because of that, I'll probably do all the scripture reading. I wouldn't want you to read uh, the scripture while you're driving. And then uh, what we'll do is I'll read, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it, read a little bit more. We'll talk about it, and and uh, maybe by the time we get to the end, you'll be uh, you'll be at your house, and it'll be great timing. And yeah. uh, you know, this is I, I guess this is the one time that we would advise people not to read scripture. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, I was just thinking because we would always advise, you know, yeah, absolutely. Always be reading scripture, uh, but maybe not when you're driving. <laughs> when you're driving. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and start and uh, let the fun begin. So if you're out there uh, and you are sitting down or at your living room, you can break out your Bibles. If not, if you're walking the dog or washing dishes, you can just listen to the scriptures um, I will be reading scripture from the New International Version, so your particular version may have a different translation, but uh, in, if, if that's the case, I'm sure it'll add to the, the, the depth of what the passage means. But to start, Jake, I thought I would just kind of read the passage that I preached on and give you a chance to, to share your thoughts. And I, I thought about you when I was preparing this message, just because it dealt a lot with adoption and being heirs, and I know that you and Rebecca are in that you're in the, the process of uh, adopting. And, and before we kind of get into the text, I know the, the your, your church, your Skillman family wants to give an update, receive an update from you. What's the latest on that? Yeah, yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, you know, we are continuing to try to be as patient as we possibly can be. And uh, some days are better than others at that. But uh, we're, we're kind of to the stage right now where everything 
uh, is out of our hands. We have done all that we can do. We've filled out all the paperwork. Uh, we've uh, uh, met with, with our, uh, uh, we have a specific caseworker that, that is assigned uh, to us as a family. And, and so we've met with her multiple times. She's come and uh, she's come into our house and she has uh, visited with us for hours and hours. She's studied our house to make sure that it's safe and adequate for a child. I mean, we've done everything we can, you know. And uh, at this point, uh, we have turned things over to uh, uh, Christian homes and family services. We've turned things over to God. And we're just praying every day that we'll get a phone call that says a, uh, a birth mom has selected us as the adoptive parents for her child. So yes. uh, mm-hmm. it could be, it could be tomorrow. Uh, it could be in six months. It could be in yeah. 18 months. You know, yeah. we don't really have any control, but we're just trying to be patient and, wow. uh, and let God bring the right baby to us. So. Man, what a journey, my man. What a journey. And uh, you know, with this COVID time, I think we were joking the other day, just how uh, there's probably going to be a, in nine months from when the shelter and home place started <laughs> some, some, some COVID babies. And hopefully, uh, you know, that's a time that, um, you know, there'll be a, a child that's looking for a, a wonderful, loving home. And I know you and you and Rebecca, are, it's gonna, you're going to be fantastic parents. And I think um, we're all excited about that day and meeting your new uh, baby Jay, for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, let's get to it, brother, because uh, I know there is some some parts in here uh, about adoption, and it, you may it may be uh, a part of your also your interpretation. But I'll start reading in uh, Galatians chapter four, verse one, and uh, we'll go all the way to verse seven, and then we'll pick up from there, and we'll read another section and talk about it, and then we'll we'll just work our way down until the end of the chapter. So this is Galatians chapter four, verse one. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Any uh, any thoughts or comments on that particular passage? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, first of all, uh, wow, I mean, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, for us as people, I think, especially that, that very last verse, I mean, that ought to offer us tremendous hope, and it ought to remind us that we are, uh, to God, we are extremely valuable. He created us, not just as, you know, something to, to throw into the universe, but, uh, man, we, we are specifically loved. We are specifically valued by God, and so I just think, that, that ending ought to uh, really, uh, you know, we ought to really consider that deeply as part of our identity as followers of God and as creations of God. And uh, so, you know, that, that, that jumps off the page to me, but, you know, kind of backing up a little bit earlier on, you know, I think the very first thing that strikes me as a modern reader is that some of this language is not just uh, foreign, foreign to my, my experience, but it's, it's kind of harsh, you know, yes. uh, he's talking yeah. about, being a slave uh, he's talking about 
uh, our position uh, as an heir, as a uh, you know, as a child, <laughs> almost yes. as if we are property. Yes, uh, you know, which yeah. is that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is pretty foreign, I think, to our understanding of the world. It's pretty different than what I think we are used to. Yes, uh, when we think about yeah. our relationship to God, and so you know, I think right off the bat, we've got to kind of think about and deal with some of that language that can be kind of harsh. Mm-hmm. And maybe difficult to understand with modern ears. So uh, I'm going to kick it back to you and say, you know, what what do you think about that kind of language that he uses at the beginning of the passage? Yes, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's it is very harsh and strong. And I think anytime you do an exegetical study on a passage and you're looking verse by verse and you're digging down at specific words and meaning and what the context was, it, it's sometimes easy to get lost in just looking at the tree and forget there's a forest, you know. And uh, I, I think in the book of Galatians to take it back to the wider context, you know, Paul is writing to a particular church converts who were Gentile, who have become followers of Jesus. They were converted during his first missionary journey with Barnabas. And they, uh, they've been taught by a second teacher that they need to follow these strict rules and laws in order to become a Christian. And uh, I think in Paul, he views that, sort of life as a form of slavery um, where you're pinned and you're, you're coined and you're cornered into this certain um, way of, of living where, where your God is no longer God, but following the rules and uh, making sure the rules are, are being kept, that the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. And in some ways that can be a distraction. It can be what people worship instead of God, in God's self. And so I think, you know, the, these words of, you know, slavery and, and being children, I think what he's doing is he's just saying that where God is at work and God used the law at, in the Old Testament for a purpose. And it really was a, is a way to show us that, you know, there, there really isn't a way for us to, to do it perfectly, that being perfect is, is impossible. And uh, through this, of course, then we have a greater understanding of grace where there's freedom and, uh, and so anyway, I think that's kind of the, the wider context, which gives a little bit uh, of uh, maybe some explanation of why he uses this harsh language is he feels that what was before was a form of slavery. It was kind of like uh, a way that a young child is, is reared. But as a child gets older, you know, there's more freedom given. And that's where we are with grace and with uh, the, the work of Christ in our life, that we are free and not subject and not the God, our God, isn't these laws anymore, but God himself. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you, you, uh, you gave us a great example of what that looks like on Sunday during your ah. sermon. You know, you were, you were talking about Mac. <laughs> and, oh yeah. And, you know, whether, whether he could be trusted to uh, select his own portion size. <laughs> the fudge. Uh, yeah. Of the fudge, you know, and uh, that was a great image, I think, for, for exactly what you're talking about right now. And, uh, of course, Paul uses that language all throughout this letter to, to the Galatians. But, uh, you know, I, I thought especially in chapter four, and, uh, and, and you, know, you picked up on this during your sermon too, man, that language, when you're talking about children, like it just becomes even more, yes. it, it's brought even more to the forefront of, you know, are we really talking about children being slaves and, uh, and mm-hmm. things like that? So anyways, I thought yeah. you handled that really well during your sermon and, and uh, you're oh, right on so. with uh uh, kind of the way that you're you're leading us in conversation about oh. that. So, well, thanks, man. But what a what a powerful last last verse that you mentioned early on too. That you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And 
you know, there's that, that song that we ended with about not being a slave to fear. And I think uh, what, a, what a great imagery uh, for us today that uh, our faith in God, it sets us free from being enslaved to certain emotions that may cripple us, like fear, anxiety, worry. If we truly believe and trust in the faithfulness of God, then those things can have a less of a hold and grip on the way we live and the way we view life. And, and so I think it's a beautiful statement. And I'm glad you brought that up in your, your commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's continue, man. Uh, verse eight. Let's go. I'm going to read down all the way. Uh, we'll just continue uh, all the way through. Um, uh, we'll go through to verse 11. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and season and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Uh, what well, you know? We'll pause right there, man. Anything stand out to you in those particular verses? I mean, uh, Paul. <laughs> Uh, Paul is not known for his uh, for for being gentle in these kinds of situations. You know, uh, I mean, yeah. wow. Uh, you know, did I waste my time with you? <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a this is a, a crazy accusation or statement to throw out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, thinking about this this situation. I mean, Paul uh, clearly he feels really really strongly about this, and yeah. uh, and, and man, it just reminds me that. Uh, when we go to talk about how it is that we follow God, uh, I think uh, the how matters, mm -hmm, but the mm -hmm. why mm. is so much more important Preach it. than the how. Uh, you know, like, uh, why, why do we worship God? Uh, yes. What <laughs> that matters so much more than the what's, the the, the hows, the you know, the details. Yes. Th those things matter. Of course, they matter. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, we, we yeah. ought to we ought to do those things the best way that we possibly can but man that why the, the question of why do we worship god why are we doing that i mean that that is really the heart of it yes, um, yes. I, I, what, what else do you think well i love it uh i love what you say brother and and, and <laughs> in reading this verse in verse in uh in this text in verse nine i really thought it was interesting that that paul writes but now that you know god and he stops and says or rather are known by god Oh, yes. I really kind of like that the distinction because, you know, Paul makes an important point here um, that it's, it's in some ways it's about God knowing us. Um, mm. it's, it's an intimate accepting relationship. And it might be what's what's incredible about this story is it's might, it might be even more incredible that God knows us like God knows us, you know, rather than us knowing God, it's, it's God knowing us is where we are, where the magic happens. And what a great, beautiful thought that the creator of this world, the, uh, the one who made the mountains and the seas that, that this God knows us. You're known by yeah. God. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, you know, that, that kind of ties in a little bit as well with, uh, you know, we, we've been kind of talking about this for a couple of weeks, but that, that, that one phrase that Paul uses in Galatians two and, and again in chapter three, where he talks about the faithfulness of Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes we, we translate it faithfulness of Jesus. And sometimes we translate it as faith in Jesus. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so I think it kind of plays into that as well. That it's, it's 
uh, you know, we talked about, I talked about it with the Martins last week, almost like a dance. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. that it's a back and forth relationship that both parties have to be involved. Yeah. What Paul mm-hmm. says there is, is we can know God, but we are even more known by God. You know, there's that yes. interchange. Yes. Both, uh, that I think has to be present. So yeah, that reminds me of that as well. Just to kind of carry that theme from week to week uh, as we keep studying these chapters. Yeah. What also sticks out to me in these particular verses is that line, you know, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? You know, what's interesting is, is that before they were Christians, these were Gentiles. They were pagans and yep. they were living the pagan life. Uh, but now they are uh, being taught by these Judaizers who are telling them that there's certain rules within the Jewish faith that need to be upheld. But it's all, but how is that turning back, you know, to these weak and miserable forces? It's almost like they're suffering from the same problem, the pagans and the Jews, of yeah. trying to, uh, you know, this idea of a working, a works relationship with God. Uh, but I thought that was interesting how Paul uses that language. You're turning back to those weak and miserable forces. Yeah. Well, I really like that, uh, you know, that idea, because if, if, we, if we tie that into what Jesus taught, during his life, you know, he was always teaching about the kingdom of God mm. and the kingdom of God is an entirely different mindset. It's an entirely different worldview yes. than, than what the, you know, whether you're Jewish or Gentile, I mean, mm-hmm. both of those groups of people, basically everybody is living according to the world's point of view, you know, Yes. but Jesus yeah. comes and he offers a third path, you know, rather than just this or that, which is really all the same. Mm. Instead, he's offering true freedom in God. And this yeah. kingdom of God mentality, this this different way of living and being in the world, uh, you know, it's it's we're not turning back to the way of the world. We're turning to the way of Jesus, the way of Christ. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that ties in nicely with some of the teachings of Jesus as well. Oh man, I love it, brother. Well, you know, Paul continues in verse ten, and he, he really kind of starts to talk about well, what specifically are they doing? So I'll start reading. I'll read another passage, and we'll pause and, and talk a bit more. We'll start in verse ten of chapter four. You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. So we'll pause right there, man, because it's interesting. You know, Paul here is saying for them to become like him. And it's interesting. He doesn't point to Christ or God, you know, do you have an explanation or any thoughts of why Paul would say that particular sentence, become like me for I became like you? Yeah. You know, I think uh, uh, this is kind of a, a common Pauline way of writing. You know, he, mm. he says this in multiple letters, you know, uh, you know, follow my example, you know, yes. become like me. And he yeah. says this in multiple different contexts, you know? And so I think, mm-hmm. I think number one, I think it would be important for us to kind of, uh, you know, and I think that would even be an interesting uh, study at one point, you know, we, we take a little bit of time and, and yeah. we go through and look at all the different places that Paul says that, says that uh, yeah. because he, he does say that in multiple, multiple places to multiple, you know, not all to the same congregation. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, I think that'd be fascinating, but I, I think too of, uh, you know, in the gospel of John, Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus has this uh, way of talking where he's always saying that, you know, I'm in the father, the father is in me and you're in me and I'm in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of that as well, of this kind of uh, this mutuality 
that we all share together in this story yeah. and how yeah. uh, ultimately I, I don't think that Paul would say if we were to say, you know, Paul, why didn't you say follow Jesus? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Paul would be like, what are you talking about? Of course you should follow yeah. Jesus. You know? course, I'm yeah. not advocating I mean. that you shouldn't follow Jesus, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, exactly. but I do think I do think he is using this as an opportunity to say we all share in this story. We all like that. participate. Uh, we are all community. The community of God. We're all part of one body. I see that? And I see uh, that. What, what what I do affects you, and what you do affects me. And so I, that that's kind of the approach that I would I like take that. with that kind of uh, uh, yeah. kind of a passage because I I think he's trying to emphasize the mutuality of everybody is responsible for living this life faithfully. Mm, I like that, brother. I mean, it's almost a statement of solidarity. You know, it's like, hey, yes. I, <laughs> we're in this together. You know, I know how it is. I mean, it's almost like Paul could be saying to the Galatian Christians, hey, when it comes to legalism, I know where you're at. <laughs> Paul could say, you know, <laughs> I used to live my whole life trying to be accepted by God because of what I did. In, in that regard, I became like you, and I saw how that it, it was a dead end. So take it from someone who knows where you're coming from and you know, yes. follow my example. I mean, in some ways, it's a statement of, hey, I've been there. Don't, don't uh, fall, the same, uh, fall into the same traps that I did, but follow my right. lead. Yeah, I like yes. that. One. Yeah. Well, let's continue down to verse 13. And, you know, I may read a, a little a, a wider uh, chunk right here, verses 13 through 17. Uh, sorry, through 20. And then uh, I'll just read this chunk and we'll talk about it. Verse Chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed by you. <laughs> we'll stop right there, man. He is, <laughs> he is uh, going off on them, brother. But uh, you know, anything stand out? Uh, you know, specifically, I was gonna. You know, he mentions an illness that <laughs> first brought him to the area of Galatia. Any any thoughts on uh, what that that could be, or has, has it even crossed your brain at all? That, that, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, there's uh, well, uh, there's there's other places too. You know, I think in Second Corinthians, uh, we yeah. get a reference to, to like a thorn in Thorns. Paul's side. Yes, yes. You know, and and so some people have uh, uh, you know guessed or or maybe maybe they found some evidence for either in the scriptures or in other uh, sources that you know maybe Paul had a physical uh, deformity. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, maybe yeah. Paul, uh, he, maybe there was some kind of deformity that he dealt with throughout his whole life. Yes. That he was still able to function, uh, but uh, that, that he, you know, certainly affected him. And, uh, and when people saw him, they, they might not have 
necessarily liked everything that they that they saw. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and you know, I th- I think of all the stories too, like in the Book of Acts. Mm. You have all these stories of all yeah. these followers of Jesus, the disciples, uh, Paul yeah. and his his traveling companions. Yeah, I mean they're they're getting like uh, threatened. You know, their lives oh. are being threatened. Yeah. There are places where they're like either stoned or oh. nearly stoned. Uh, yeah. Paul is uh, shipwrecked later on in his life yeah. and his ministry multiple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and so you think about all of these different things too, and you think, well, maybe some of those things contributed yeah. uh, oh my to, to this. Yeah. You know, maybe Paul had an injury that mm-hmm. that never fully healed correctly, or yeah. or yeah. I mean, the sky is the limit almost yeah. on these kinds of things. But yes. uh, yeah. definitely in this passage, he's talking. It seems about an illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something that you know he he grew sick, and maybe this church help to nurse him back to health and yeah uh, and, and to the point where they would even give parts of their body if they could yeah. to him you know like yeah. they would donate parts of their body to him to help him to yeah bring him back to health uh, and so i think i think definitely that communicates that there there at one point was a very strong bond there's yeah. a very strong connection yeah. between paul and this church body and of course uh, he ends this section by saying, I'm very perplexed <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, was, yeah. was just thinking about, you know, number one, if any of our parents said that phrase to us, I'm sure that yeah. that would cause us to, <laughs> to pause. Uh, but at yeah. the same time, you know, if there was somebody that we cared for and respected deeply at Skillman, yeah. and if they were to say to us, I'm very perplexed with you, yeah. you know, oh. I, that, yeah. that, that demands mm-hmm. further conversation. It demands that there be some kind of reconciliation. It does. Uh, yeah. And so I think that's going on here as well in, in the book of Galatians. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And, 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 you know, kind of add to what you're saying about what could have caused this physical ailment, you know, kind of doing some cross-referencing. It, I think it was during uh, Paul's first missionary journey with Barnabas where, uh, where he was in, I think it's in Acts chapter 14, when he was in the city of Lystra. It says that he was stoned and his attackers, I mean, they gave, it says they gave him up for dead. Uh, yet he yes. miraculously survived. And, uh, you know, Paul, in that story, Lystra, it's in, it's in the region of Galatia uh, when this happened. And, you know, maybe it was, I mean, this is just hy- pure hypothetical thinking, you know, but, you know, if, if you're stoned and almost left for dead, that takes a lot of recovery to, uh, to recover from that. And, you know, maybe uh, that's what he was referring to, coming to that region with uh, this physical infirmity of, of really having to recover from being almost stoned to death. Um, yes. Yeah. It yeah. is interesting. And, uh, you know, secondly too, uh, it, it makes me think that in, uh, in that day and age in uh, the Jewish culture, and I'm sure some part of the, the Gentiles alike, a, a physical infirmity or an illness, it was reg- regarded as like a punishment yeah, of, of divine displeasure. And yes. uh, a lot of ways that, uh, you know, people would stay clear uh, from people who were, uh, you know, had physical uh, ailments or physical infirmities. And so it really speaks well of this particular community when, when he was in that state that they, that they stood up and the world often, you know, the world can be so callous to people who are in pain and misery. It can be uh, people who are feeling pain and misery. I mean, it can be that not even a, acknowledged or disregarded but here you see that they didn't go didn't scorn him um in fact they brought him in and they uh, nursed him and it was a a platform to grow in their relationship it was beautiful right yeah absolutely yeah i mean uh, even today if you think of, think of people that 
within our culture, within our society that are so easy to discard. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's people maybe who don't look like us or, uh, or, yeah. or maybe they do have some kind of physical or mental, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, something that's different than, than, than what is considered the norm, mm-hmm. you know, for society. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and yeah, those people can easily be discarded and, and uh, left out. And, and yeah. you know, so I think all throughout the centuries, that's true. And, and to, like you said, to see within this congregation, and really this is part of the beauty of the story of Christianity too, yes. is that every single person, uh, is valuable uh, and because yeah. they are valuable we treat them with love and respect and kindness yes. uh, we, we take care of, of one another no matter how great the need is yes and uh and so you know you think of uh you know often i think we think of the writers of scripture people like paul as man these people knew it all they, they knew yes. god so so intimately so closely that they yes. you know they're almost superhuman uh in, yes. in this sense but here we learn about Paul being a person in need mm-hmm. and to, to think of Paul on that side of the equation, I think uh, really demands that we read scripture with, with empathetic eyes yeah. uh, that we read yeah. our society and the people that we interact with, with empathy, with empathy, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and so anyways, I, I just thought of that because I, th- I think uh, that's part of the beauty of our, of our story of our, uh, of what we're a part of, and, and yeah. we see that on display for Paul, which is maybe something that we wouldn't expect right here. Oh, I love it, man! I love it. And uh, you know, Paul Paul's on fire here. You know, I think he is. He's, he's a little bit angry. I think he feels like like he said perplexed and mm-hmm. hurt hurt that he his teaching and his the message that he presented is being so easily dis, dis, disregarded. Um, and uh, we see in verse 21 where he kind of turns, it's interesting, he turns the, the tables now. In verse 21, it says, tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? So I, mean, I don't know if in this part of the letter he shifts over to speak to maybe the Judaizers or those, because he, he starts to talk about uh, Hagar and Sarah, which is a part of the Jewish yes. faith. So it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems as though in this part of this section, it's almost like he's directing his message to a specific part of uh, the recipients who are familiar with the Jewish rituals and customs and, and uh, the, the Jewish narrative. And he starts to talk to them about Hagar and Sarah. So I'll, I'll start reading this text and then we can talk about uh, what it is um, that he says. So uh, we'll start in verse uh, 21. And, uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and read probably uh, to the end of the chapter since it's under the same section. So 21 through 31 of Galatians chapter 4. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free. And she is our mother, for it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud, you who are never in labor, 
because more because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. In the same now, but what does scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but are free, but, but the free woman. So anyway, that's a, that's a lot, of course, uh, to read. But uh, here he talks about uh, Hagar, Sarah, Ishmael, and Isaac. Um, any, what do you think Paul's saying here, Jake? What's your, what's your take on this particular passage? Yeah, well, uh, you know, not to do a shameless plug, but uh, I'll go ahead and do a shameless plug hey. right now. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I did, uh, uh, this was kind of the focus, this passage was kind of the focus of my uh, my blog post for this week. So uh, uh, it, I, I'd encourage people, if, uh, if they're interested in, in uh, thinking about that a little bit more and uh, maybe dialoguing with me through that blog, you know, uh, go find that in the church email or on the church website mm-hmm. on Galatians chapter four. And this is kind of the passage that I, I, uh, spent a little bit of time just thinking about and writing about. And, uh, yes. uh, you know, the way that Paul treats this story with Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, Ishmael and Isaac, uh, I mean, it is, it's drastically different than how the author of Genesis deals with this story, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so when you go back and you read Genesis chapter 16 and 17, uh, which are the stories of, uh, you know, of what happens with Hagar and Ishmael in 16 and then, the promise coming to Abraham and Sarah about Isaac in chapter 17. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 there are some similarities, you know, I, I think we definitely see coming through the idea that Isaac, uh, the promise will, will, will continue through Isaac's line rather than Ishmael. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he's, he's adopting that story for his purposes here with the conversation about the law and uh, freedom, you know, yes. and, and how, how grace gives us freedom to live. Yes. Not any way we want, but mm-hmm. it gives us freedom to live the way of Jesus, but not under the, the strain and the yoke of the law. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting, uh, you know, the way that he goes about using this story, almost like an allegory or like yes. you know, figuratively yes. uh, to, to say, you know, he's using that story to make his point, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, which, which is a really yeah. interesting relationship, I think. It really is. It's, 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 it's interesting, and I think you mentioned this with the conversation with Alan and, and June, but, you know, our particular standards of biblical interpretation, uh, as far as, you know, trying to represent what the original author intended when writing, you know, some of the, the early writers in the New Testament, you know, they, they don't quite share that same, that isn't their number one priority. Uh, you know, their priority is to take what was written then and view it through the lens of this new covenant of Christ and how it really kind of leads and and can be interpreted in in that lens. And, you know, here, Paul, you're right. I mean, he, he's taking this old Testament story of, of Hagar and Sarah and uh, in really trying to, you know, use that story and make a point (laughs) of uh, of, of the slavery and freedom in, in, in Christ, but it really, he's kind of reading into the text um, on this one, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, what, what does that mean for us? Right. You know, when we, when we see the authors of the new Testament doing this, you know, I don't think that means that we can, we can use scripture however, and you know, what in any way, you know, I don't, yes. I don't think that's what, what we learn from this. I, I think what we learn from it 
is that all of scripture is continually being revealed yes. by the story of Christ. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what the, what the gospel teaches, I mean, that the gospel reveals the meaning of the rest of scripture. Yes. And so, so much of scripture can, can almost have double meaning. You know, I think of the, every time I think of this, I think of the prophets yes. because yes. Man, the, the prophets, they meant something to the people who heard them. Mm -hmm. But then when you go back and you read the prophets again in light of Jesus, in light of the gospel, they take on new meaning. And, and that doesn't mean that we can do with, with them anything we want. Uh, but, you know, it just reminds me again and again that the gospel, what Paul's yeah. talking about here of between yes. the life of uh, bondage to the law or the life of freedom through grace in Christ. You know, I think uh, it, it just reminds me that all of Scripture needs to be interpreted through that lens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, in addition to understanding it in its own context. Yes, yes. And, you know, getting to the kind of the point of what Paul's saying here, right? You know, I think he's using the story of Hagar and Sarah as an example of two different paths that were taken. You know, here we have, you know, with, with Hagar, uh, it's almost like even though they had received this promise from God that Sarah would become impregnated and that, that the number of descendants would be the same as the stars, even though that was given to both Abraham and Sarah, they didn't believe it. They didn't, they doubted, you know, they said, that's, that's too, like, we're too old. That, that's too miraculous. <laughs> There's no way God could do this. And so in, in it up, they say, well, let's take it and let's try to do it with our own strength and our own resources. And let's try it with our own abilities. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And, and, and so of course that's when Hagar comes in and, you know, uh, a, a, a son is born, Ishmael, and then lo and behold, the promise does come true. Sarah does become pregnant, and uh, of course, of course, Isaac is now a part of the, the the lineage of Abraham that the Jews, of course, honor. But here you have two examples: something that was miraculous, something that was God given, something that was a gift, something that was preposterous, something that's unexplainable, or you know, Abraham and Sarah and Hagar trying to, you know, make it work from their own human efforts. And yes. in a lot of ways, uh, that's what living by the law is hoping to do. You know, if you are about living by the law, then it's all about what you do. It's about <laughs> living according to the way that God wants you to. And it's about your choices. It's about you know, your decisions, what you think about. And uh, it's, it's you trying to solve the problem yourself. But, you know, this, idea of grace and being redeemed by God. It's this whole story. It flips on its head. It's not what you do. It's what God has done. Yes. It's miraculous. It's the preposterous. It's the unexplainable. And it's really God's work that is the hero and not your own. So I think that, I mean, at the very core, as I feel what, what, what uh, Paul's trying to get to and using the story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost, <laughs> that, that makes me think, you know, if Paul were writing the book of Galatians today, yeah, uh, you know, to, to to a group of American Christians, you know, uh, Western uh, Christians, you know, may, maybe he would instead of re referring to Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, maybe he would refer to that poem by Robert Frost. You know, I, uh, yeah. where uh, you know, I, I took the road less traveled. Yes. Uh, you yes. know, it's these two paths, these two different identities that we can live into yes. in this world, and and Paul saying, let's take the road less less traveled. Uh, let's take the road that can't be explained, the mm. one that only makes sense if God is involved in the story, yes. uh, rather than taking the one that everybody takes, you know, the road where we just write God out of the equation. Uh, so, you know, maybe if Paul was writing the book of Galatians today, maybe that's the, the metaphor that he would use. You know, I don't know. 
I love that, man. I love it. Because I think we need to be careful. Um, even now, we are religious people, you know, and we are a part of religious communities that have rhythms and seasons. And we have rituals that we participate in. We gather each week. We, we do things as a community. And if we're not careful, you know, those things can be what we put our faith on as our those things are gaining us or getting us into a a closer more intimate status with god whereas you know what we need to do is that's that's a perverted gospel it's the other way around is that we do it because of the work of god that we want to do this it's it's an overflow of an understanding a deep knowledge that god loves all of us you know yeah i yeah uh, I know uh, you, you're probably almost home, man, but I, I came across this story about uh, this quote by John Wesley. Um, and I really think that it was, it was cool, a, a, a cool story because it kind of speaks of kind of, you know, how this can be in, in more of a modern context uh, taken. But, you know, John Wesley himself, he was a son of a minister. He was a minister himself. You know, he was very, I guess, orthodox in his belief, uh, you know, he, he did ministry in prisons and sweatshops and slums. He, he's known for giving food and clothing and, and education to children who lived in very uh, low socioeconomic areas. You know, John Wesley, he observed not just one Sabbath, but two. He's, he observed both Saturday and Sunday as a Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, you know, he went from England all the way to the American colonies to serve as a missionary. He studied the Bible. He prayed. He fasted. He gave regularly. But you know, this was early in his faith. And then he had like this experience of grace. And uh, later it, he writes that he, he came to trust in Christ and Christ alone for his salvation. And he said yeah. that it came from an inner assurance that he was forgiven, he was saved. And like I said earlier in this chapter, that he was adopted as a child of God. Mm. And he said, uh, looking back on all his like, religious activity, he said uh, that he had been living the faith of a servant during those years. And mm. he, he wasn't living the faith of a son. Wow. And I thought that was a really interesting, uh, really distinction that uh, he had the faith of a servant, though not that of a son. <clears throat> and, uh, how uh, being adopted and being uh, sons and daughters of God, you know, that, that acceptance that propels us to do these things, but it shouldn't be the other way around. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, what a stellar uh, question to ask of ourselves. You know, how are we living? Are we living as servants of this story or are we living as sons of, of God, you know, sons, of, sons and daughters uh, uh, of this guy, you know, servants of God, for sons yeah. and daughters, you know, yes. and I think as sons and daughters, our desire is to serve God. You know, our desire is to, is to become like him. Yes. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, just like you said earlier, uh, how we live, how we go about the order matters. You know, are we doing this out of obligation so that we can earn something? Mm -hmm. Or are we doing this because we have received a gift and it has freed us to live in such a way uh, that we want to live this way, you know, and I think that's uh, that that has a lot to do with what Paul's writing about in this chapter. Oh my goodness, man! What a way to close it out, brother. I mean, what a question that we should ponder and think. And I think you alluded to it earlier, but oftentimes, as as religious people of people who are part of a faith community, we can focus a lot on the how, 
we can fight around we can fight and argue and bicker about the the how but what's the why what's the why yes. are we yes. acting as servants and slaves per se uh or are we sons and daughters who because of this amazing marvelous love that we choose to serve our father um, and uh, anyway uh, we'll close out today i mean that's a great way to end it i know you're probably almost home and uh, if you've been walking your dog you're probably finished and uh, arriving at the house if you wash the dishes that last dish is probably in the dishwasher right now and it's time to kick your feet up and get your glass of, of tea and uh just get ready because uh, this sunday is galatians chapter five and that's uh, another powerful we have two weeks left um uh, galatians chapter five and galatians chapter six and uh that'll be it uh for this series on galatians and it's been a great ride man man and i appreciate all that you've done and uh, your blog posts but also uh you participating in these in these uh, podcasts thank you so much yeah absolutely man and uh, i look forward to uh this sunday you know of course we've got good news big big news for this sunday yes and uh we'll be we'll be meeting in person indoors Woo. for the first time since March, I think, 8th of 2020. You know, it's, it's hard to believe, but uh, you know, it's good news for, for this Sunday. And uh, we'll be live streaming online as well for everybody who, uh, who will be staying home. Uh, but uh, man, it's going to be great. We're looking forward to it. Yes, we are. God bless you all. Thank you, Jake. Uh, thank you to Skillman Church out there for listening. Uh, we will see you uh, Sunday, either in person, in the gym, or online. And uh, look forward to continuing the conversation as the weeks progress. God bless you all. Bye.